Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Exciting. I might make a video of my own. All right, well, um, we are going to get into the message this morning. And um, as we come into our message, I want to encourage you to get some communion ready. At the very end of the message this morning, we're going to be sharing communion together as a church family. So if you have some juice, some bread, some crackers, something that you can share in communion together with um, as a church family, that would be super wonderful. We also want to encourage you, if you post on social media, showing, showing people how you're watching church online, make sure you tag us at Shahaba Community Church. <clears throat> we would love to see your little setup, you and your family, you and your pets, whoever or whatever you're watching church with this morning. We would really love to see that. So tag Shahaba Community Church in that. Now, the series we've been doing over the past little while is called The Unshakable Life. And we've been talking about how we can build an unshakable life. I think we could all use that at the moment, yes? We've had a bit of shaking up happening in the past couple of days. And so I'm really believing that this morning I'm going to be speaking directly into our situation. This message has been rewritten since 5 p.m. last night to speak directly into what we're going through in lockdown, what it's like to be in lockdown again. Um, And I really believe that God wants us to be encouraged that we can be building an unshakable life, even in these days, even when they're strange or mundane or boring or disappointing or whatever that is. Um, We're going to be speaking about, this morning specifically, unshakable power. We'll be speaking about the Holy Spirit. And you might be thinking, what does the Holy Spirit have to do with my life right now? I have so many dishes to do. My kids are going to be at home all school holidays. The trip we had going has been cancelled. I pulled out my sourdough starter because I heard it was time for lockdown again and the whole thing had gone to mould and I can't even make sourdough. And I don't think I can handle another video of celebrities telling us that we're all in it together and that all is going to be fine. I can't handle any more disappointments. What could the Holy Spirit possibly have to do with my life right now in these days? And if that's you, this message is for you. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit in the down-to-earth, everyday elements of our life. And talking about the Holy Spirit can bring up all sorts of ideas. We can sort of think of people who are praying in tongues, maybe being slain and like falling over when they get prayed for. We can think of um, prophecy and all these sorts of things as being associated with the Holy Spirit. And absolutely, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts and speaking in tongues and all of that is part of what the Holy Spirit does. But if that is our only understanding of the Holy Spirit, we're actually missing a lot of who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, and the way that His power works in our lives. So if you've never heard of the Holy Spirit or you don't know what it is, the Holy Spirit is actually the third person of the Trinity. As Christians, we believe that God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, that might be a sort of strange thing, like how can God be one and also three? But one of the things that sort of um, has helped me to accept that even though that, sorry, that even though that is strange, it is somewhat necessary is that if God was only one, he could not be relational. Because before he created, he would have had nobody to be relating with. Because God is Trinity, because God is three in one, from the very beginning of time, God has been in relationship. God has been loving. I'm so sorry. God has been in relationship and he has been loving. And that's why we as people created in his image long for and a part of relationship 
why we do love, why we can love, is because we are made in the image of a God who is three in one. And one of those parts of who God is, is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a gift that Jesus gave to the church. So he was around on earth. When he left earth, he gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. So if you're a believer, if you know Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in your life every day, day to day. And if you don't know Jesus but want to, we're going to be speaking about that as well at the end of the service, how you actually could know him and join um, a relationship with him. Now, there was one early church in particular that loved the Holy Spirit. That was all about the Holy Spirit, all about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So when we look at all the letters in the New Testament, <clears throat> Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, we know that they're named that because they, there was a church there. There was a church in Philippi. There was a church in Colossae. There was some holy water for me. Thank you so much. Oh, and communion too. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Give me three seconds. Thank you so much. All right. Um, so there was a church in Corinth, which is why we have the letter to the Corinthians. Now, 1 Corinthians is a really interesting book of the Bible, because looking at it as a historical document, we actually can pick up a lot about what the church was like. And it's actually confirmed by what we know of the city of Corinth through archaeological evidence, through other history. Paul was speaking directly into what was happening in their world and in their circumstance. So if you're interested in history, if you actually want to know that the Bible was written in a real time and place, Corinthians is your book. And the cool thing is, in our church devotionals at the moment, comment in the chat if you're doing church devotionals, say, that's me. If you're doing church devotionals at the moment, we're actually reading through the book of Corinthians. And so hopefully what I share this morning will help give a bit of context to Corinthians as we're reading through it, as well as speaking about the Holy Spirit. If you want to jump in and start reading with us, we read one chapter a day. We're reading through the New Testament letters. Tomorrow we're reading 1 Corinthians chapter 10. So feel free to jump in, start reading through the New Testament with us from home. Maybe that can be one of your new lockdown resolutions. We'd love to have you joining us with that. And if you've fallen off the wagon, if you started way back in like Romans and you forgot about it, this is the time. Jump back in. Because Corinthians is an awesome book. Now, Corinth, so like I was saying, we can see that the way Paul was speaking to them was relating to a lot of what Corinth was. So Corinth was a city that was really big on pagan worship, so really big on worshipping the Greek and the Roman gods. And the way that they worshipped these Greek and the Roman gods um, named Pythia, Dionysus and Cybele, among others, was that they would work themselves into emotional frenzies. They would cast off social restraint. They would speak in unknown languages. They'd become completely detached from the world and go into these crazy emotional states. And that's how they would worship these pagan gods. But from what we can see from the way that Paul writes to the Corinthian church, they'd actually been taking that understanding of spirituality and applying it in church. They were worshipping God the same way they worshipped their pagan gods before. And they were thinking that the Holy Spirit... And the movement of the Holy Spirit was the same as the way that they worshipped their other gods. The other key thing to note when we read the book of Corinthians is, you, is um, they were very big on ideas. There were traveling philosophers that would go around and the Corinthians loved them. 
and they would start schools of thought. And so everybody would have their guy or their person that they liked, their person that they connected with. And so we can see these interesting passages in Corinthians where somebody would be like, oh, I worship, I like Apollos. And somebody else would be like, well, I like Paul. And somebody else would be like, I like somebody else. And I don't know if you've noticed that watching, reading through Corinthians, but it comes up several times. And this is because this is the way that the Corinthians felt about philosophers before the Christians came along. They would pick their philosopher and that would be their favorite philosopher. Just kind of like you've got your football team, right? So we'd have like the Sharks and the Tigers and the Dragons and everyone had their team and they thought their team was the awesomest. So there was all the different philosophers and they all thought their philosopher was the awesomest. So when it came to the church... They all picked their favorite apostle and they were like, Team Apollos, Team Paul, Team Jesus, Team, what's the other guy? Mm, can't remember his name. Anyway, all the different teams that they were following. And so when Paul actually spoke to them, he was addressing the way that they were worshiping, the way that they were understanding the Holy Spirit, and he was bringing correction to it. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, he says, Spiritual gifts are given to each, or spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. He was saying the point of spirituality is not to puff me up, is not for me to be seen as great or glorious, for me to have my team so I can have Team Rachel. That is not the point of the spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, the point of the Holy Spirit is also not so that we can be completely detached from the world in an emotional frenzy. The point of the Holy Spirit, partly, is to help one another. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul is addressing this. And I really think that what he says is there's actually like an earthiness, a realness, an order to the way that the Holy Spirit works and moves. This is not like a wild tiger and we're like, oh, the Holy Spirit, who knows? Ah, And it's like scary or out of control or wild. The Holy Spirit is down to earth. The Holy Spirit works in the everyday parts of our lives. The Holy Spirit is not just crazy emotions and frenzy. Paul actually rebuked the Corinthians for thinking about the Holy Spirit in this way. So I want you to imagine the chaos of a Corinthian worship service. And then we're going to read the way that Paul... um, encourage them to worship. So I want you to imagine, which you can see when we read this, you'll understand why I'm saying that we can imagine it was like this, that we're all gathered in church and Pastor Shane is over here praying in tongues really loudly, but nobody can understand what he's saying. And then Wendy over there, she stands up and starts praying in tongues even louder and nobody has any idea what she's saying. And then Tom stands up over here and starts praying in tongues even louder. And nobody has any idea what he's saying. And everybody is trying to be the most spiritual and be the most great and get the most attention. And then somebody over here is in tears and going crazy. And the whole point is that there was just no restraint. It was just chaos. So you come to church and you just walk into chaos and you don't hear anything that makes sense. It's just a bunch of people trying to be awesome and say the most things and be independent and get the most power. And into the church that we can assume was operating like that, Paul says this. Now, I I want you to sort of think about this less from the perspective of how we should run church services. Like that's a 
different issue, but more from the perspective of what we can learn about the way that the Holy Spirit works and the way that the Holy Spirit moves in our life, because I believe it will help us understand some of the misconceptions we may have. I'm sure there's people who think, oh, the Holy Spirit's not for me. The Holy Spirit's people who are more spiritual than I am. The Holy Spirit's are people who can speak in tongues. I can't speak in tongues. And I want to encourage you that as we read this, to look and see how does it say the Holy Spirit moves. So this is 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 33. It says this. Oh my goodness, I'm open to the wrong place. Okay, let's do it. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. Can we go to the next one? I'm reading off the back wall. Thank you. All right. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and somebody must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak, one after the other, so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirits and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. The way that Paul says the Holy Spirit moves is motivated by building up the other, not the self. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of order, not of chaos, of self-control, not of casting off restraint, and of interdependence. Do you see the way that he set that up? He said one person will speak in tongues, another will interpret. One person will prophesy, another will discern that prophet, discern, discern if that prophecy was from the Lord. So the way the Holy Spirit moves is down to earth. It's interdependent. It's in order and it's in self-control amongst us. Just quickly touching on why Paul said that they should structure their services that way, because that's obviously not how we do it here. I actually think that Paul was both affirming and challenging their culture. He actually was saying, I know you all love moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's awesome. I know that you all love having a chance to speak in the service, and that's awesome. Only do it in a way that honors the Holy Spirit. He both challenged the parts of their culture that were not godly and he affirmed the parts of the, their culture that were. And I believe that everywhere the kingdom of, go, kingdom of God goes, the kingdom of God does that. He challenges the parts of our culture that are not godly and he affirms the parts of our culture that are, which I think is pretty cool. And so, Holy Spirit is not just for church, it's not just for tongues, it's not just to be used during worship time. It is for that, but it's for far more than that. So how can we have unshakable power during lockdown, in our homes, with our families, or our housemates, or on our own? What does the power of the Holy Spirit look like in our lives day to day? I'm going to touch on five key things that that means, and I'm going to focus on a couple of them more than others. But we'll start with number one. The Holy Spirit creates new life in us. When Jesus and Nicodemus were talking 
about um, what it meant to be born again, Jesus said in John 3, he said um, that you must be born of the Spirit. It is actually the Holy Spirit that gives us new life. It is the Holy Spirit who makes us new before God. And that is how we can have confidence and know that every one of us who's a believer walks in the power of the Holy Spirit because we have the Holy Spirit in us. He's the one who renews us and makes us new. When a person is dead, they can't will themselves back to life. When we were spiritually dead, we actually had to be born again. And we were born again in the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you want that, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for that at the end of the service. But if you are a Christian, if you know you've invited Jesus into your life, then hallelujah, you are new in the power of the Holy Spirit. All right, number two, the Holy Spirit transforms us to be more like Jesus. I want to read this passage. It says, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. So he's speaking again to the Corinthian church in the second letter, and he's saying, you, you guys know all about the Holy Spirit in churches, but you know what else the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit is the one who transforms us into the image of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I share the house with a sim- I share my home with a sinful person. My husband also shares his home with a sinful person. Anybody else out there sharing their home with a sinful person? Looking around? Don't look around. Don't look at them. Just think about it if you know that you share the home with a sinful person. The pressure of a lockdown can tend to bring up things that otherwise might have stayed hidden. We all have things in our character that we know are weaknesses, things that we maybe like to change. Maybe you become, maybe you struggle with irritability. Just when things, this is something that I struggle with, sometimes more than others. But irritability, you just got like, your just fuse is about this long. And if somebody does just the wrong thing just a little bit, you're like, ah. Maybe you go, maybe you don't go to irritability, but you go to anger. You just flare up in anger. Maybe every time someone says, oh my gosh, did you hear that blah, blah, blah? You're like, Really? What's the gossip? I need to know it. Maybe you struggle with self-control. You tell yourself, I'm going to get up this week and I'm going to read my Bible and you do it on Monday and never again. I'm going to get up this week and exercise and you do it on Monday and never again. Maybe you lack joy. Maybe you love to complain. Maybe you speak harshly. And I think we all know that there are things in us that we actually would like to change. But the funny thing about us as humans is that we're very disobedient to our own selves. We're not much like a vending machine, right? We tell ourselves, I will be different. We think we're so free, but there's a sense in which we're restrained by by our sinful nature and in which it is extremely difficult to do what is right and to change. I am a person who needs to eat carbs. If I do not have carbs, I cannot handle life in any way whatsoever. I once tried to go paleo. It lasted a day. After a day, I was a shaking, headachy mess. I have discovered about myself that I need carbs. Carbs to me are the power to be functional. Whenever we would eat something particularly indulgent at home, my dad would say, wow, there's a lot of energy in that. And that always was like a positive way of putting it. I'm like, yes, there's lots of energy in this. When I have food, I have the power to function. Trying 
to make ourselves better, make ourselves more like Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit is like me trying to function without carbs. It's like you trying to drive your car without petrol. The power of the Holy Spirit is actually what transforms us into the image of Jesus. It's not something we can do from our own effort by trying really, 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 really hard. I think most of us find that managing ourselves on our own is like, you know those pop-up beach things? It's like those pop-up beach things and like beach, like sun shelter things. And then you've got to like wrestle it back into the bag and you know that it fits because you got it out of the bag. But you're like, how could it possibly fit? And there's sand everywhere and you're trying to get it down. And, and I think that that's what we find managing ourselves and managing our lives. And that's not to say that nobody without God is disciplined. Obviously, people are very disciplined. Like there can be people who can be very disciplined and we can be very disciplined. Um, even, you know, people who aren't Christians obviously are disciplined. The end of my point. Stop saying the same thing over and over again. Okay. Um, <laughs> but we all have things that we wrestle against and we know that in our own power and in our own strength, we aren't actually able to overcome. It is the Holy Spirit that transforms us into the image of Christ. This issue is all over, this idea is all over the New Testament, shaping our character to be Jesus, to be like Jesus. If Jesus had your personality and your circumstances, what would he be like? How would he live? We are to be shaped into that image. That is why in Galatians 5, when it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it's not the fruit of trying really, really hard. It's the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit is the one that produces fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is the one who makes us more like Jesus. I think it's like the difference between me hearing someone describe Picasso's paintings. I just hear someone describe them and I'm trying to like draw a painting like him. That's like us trying in our own effort to become like Christ. When we have the Holy Spirit, it's as though I am beholding a Picasso painting with Picasso next to me, teaching me how to do it. I believe that that's more closely like what it is when we have the Holy Spirit shaping us into the image of Christ. We behold Christ. We have the Holy Spirit in us, teaching us and empowering us to be like Christ. I think Philippians 2.12 summarizes this really well. Because you might be thinking, sick as, I'm going to sit on the couch and eat some chips and I'm going to be transformed into the image of Christ. Easy. The New Testament makes it very clear that we partner with the Holy Spirit in the process of transformation. The gospel is opposed to earning. It is not opposed to effort. Through spiritual disciplines, through prayer, through Bible reading, through all these things, we partner with the Holy Spirit in being transformed. And I think Philippians 2.12 summarizes it beautifully. And now, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Listen to this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. How awesome is that? The Holy Spirit is the power to transform all of us, even in quarantine, even in a house with sinful people, even when things can come up. The Holy Spirit is power for us today to actually change, which I think is wonderful. All right, I'm going to buzz through the last of them. We're almost done. Number three, the Holy Spirit affirms our sonship with the Father. 
Galatians 4, 6 says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit affirms to us who we really are, who our identity really is. He affirms to us the fact that we can be sure of our salvation, that we can know that with confidence, which I think is wonderful. And so, so, so as in our daily lives, as we actually wrestle with our identity, as we wrestle with who we really are, the Holy Spirit in us can affirm that we are the children of God. We are chosen, we are beloved, we are not forsaken. And the Holy Spirit in us reminds us of that and can attest to that in our lives. Number four, the Holy Spirit guides us in daily life. Galatians 5.25 says this. We're really sitting in Galatians and Corinthians today. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I've had more stories than I can count where the Holy Spirit has prompted me to do something that was maybe tiny. I had this as just a, a, maybe a petty story, but it was one that blessed me. I was having a really hard day at work and I was um, about to go up to the servo to buy myself chips to drown my sorrows because I thought that would maybe help me. And as I was about to walk to the servo, I really clearly felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, Rachel, buy chips from Food Care instead. And I was like, extremely random. I've never done that before, but I was like, okay. So I did and I went and I think Karen was leading Food Care then. And I was like, Karen, can I please buy chips just this once? And she was like, sure, no worries. So I bought my chips from Food Care. And I went and I sat out on the hill next to Sprouts. And because I went to food care, I was there like three minutes sooner than I would have been if I'd gone to the servo. As soon as I sit down, this little fluffy white rabbit comes running out of the gates of Sprouts, just he caught free, was running around, running, 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 running. And I was like, oh my gosh, so I dropped my chips. And I was running around trying to catch this little rabbit, this little baby rabbit, it was so cute. And I picked it up and I, was, and I caught it, it almost got away. And I went over to Ruth and I was like, are you missing something? And she's like, oh my gosh, you found it. It just, there was like their pet baby rabbit that had escaped. And she's like, actually, we're looking for a new owner for this rabbit. Would you be interested? And I was like, yes, I would. And now it's like my pet baby rabbit. And I know that's a really petty story, but this was a day when I was like having a really hard day. And God blessed me by giving me this cuddly little delightful gift because I got chips from food care instead of the servo. And I know it's only a small story, but God can move in the everyday parts of our life when we can walk in obedience with him. Recently, I felt him prompt me to start watching The Chosen TV show, which I was so cynical about. I was like, no, it's going to be terrible. It's not terrible. It's really good. And I wasn't going to watch it. I was being all harsh about it, but the Holy Spirit prompted me and I thought I should be obedient. And every time I've watched it, I've just like weeped and been like, oh my gosh. And the Holy Spirit is so speaking to me through it. When we are open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives, He can move, He can touch us, and He can change us through that. Last one, number five, the Holy Spirit gifts each one of us for ministry. Now, we've already mentioned that 1 Corinthians talks a lot about the gifts for ministry. I already mentioned at the start how it said that the Holy Spirit gives each one of us a gift for ministry. And this is something we talk about a lot at our church. I'm not going to dive into it too much um, this morning because we don't have time for that. But if you're interested, if you're watching, you don't know anything about it, you can please feel free to watch past messages. We talk about this all the time in our church community. But I want to encourage you that your home is also your ministry. You aren't just gifted with spiritual gifts to be used here in this building. Our spiritual gifts are used for us. Like I said at the start, our gifts build up one another. 
You have a ministry in your motherhood, in your fatherhood, in your marriage, in your brothers or sisters, or even being a child or having roommates or whatever it is, having neighbors even. You are called to ministry within your home. How can you use the gifts that God has given you to bless people in your home? It can be so easy to give the best of ourselves to the world and to give our leftovers at home. But I believe that God calls us to bring the best we have to our home as well. What would it look like to be prophesying over your children or to be praying for healing in your home? And I'm sure many of you already do this, but if you are, that's wonderful. I want to encourage you in that. But, but for all of us, what would it look like to teach in our home, to have faith in our home, to have hospitality, to make a special meal for the people in our home or whatever it is? We actually can use our gifts, use our ministry, use what the Holy Spirit's given us to bless others, even within our home, even when our world becomes smaller. So we're going to wrap up, but as we wrap up, it's time for communion. So if you have communion um, at home prepared, we're going to share with that in just a second. If you forgot it, it is your last chance, final boarding call for communion. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that phrase, be filled with the Holy Spirit, more accurately, literally, but would be super clunky if it was written in English, is sort of like, be continuously being filled with with the Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a one-time thing that happens when we're saved or when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is something we need to do and to be constantly, daily, asking the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we can be transformed, so that we can use our gifts to minister, so that we can be affirmed in our sonship of God. And so as we share communion together, I wanted to make this a moment where we actually take a moment to ask God to fill us again with his spirit. And I don't know what you actually need from the Holy Spirit right now. We listed so I mean, there must be 50 other things that the Holy Spirit does and brings in our lives. But, but do you need transformation? Is there something you've been battling against that you really need breakthrough on? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you change, to give you the ability to change in that. Do you feel like you want to be able to use your gifts to bless your family? Ask the Holy Spirit to come and to show you how to do that. Do you feel like you don't know what to do or you feel like you just don't talk with God throughout the day? Ask the Holy Spirit to come and be your guide, to show you how to live, to show you, you know, to, to, to guide you to rabbits and good TV shows or whatever it is that God wants to use to shape you and to bless you. Or maybe you fall into the first category and you actually have never had the Holy Spirit come and make you born again, make you born of the Spirit, give you new life. And so before we even take communion, I want to speak to you. If that's you, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. You know, Jesus loves you. He came to this earth. He lived and he died to um, buy us our salvation. And he says, repent and believe, repent and turn to me, follow me, follow my life, walk in my footsteps, be formed into my image, which doesn't mean growing a beard. Maybe it does for you, not personally for me, but be formed into the character of Christ. We were made in the image of God. And that was lost when we were fallen. And yet in Christ, that image can be restored 
in our lives. And so if you want to make that choice, if you want to repent and believe in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to choose that. So I'm going to pray. I invite you all to pray with me. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are real. Jesus, we thank you that you died so that we could be forgiven. Thank you for purchasing our freedom with your blood. God, I choose today to give my life to you. God, I choose today to walk in your footsteps. Thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amazing. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we celebrate with you as a church community. We invite you to type in the comment box, I pray that prayer, or to go onto our church website on the Get Involved tab, and you can fill out a yellow card there. We'd love to get in touch with you but for all of us. And, and if you are a new Christian, this is a great time to share in communion together. This is our remembrance of Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. And so for all of us, as we come around communion, I want you to ponder, to reflect, to think, what is it that the Holy Spirit, that I need from the Holy Spirit, that I want the Holy Spirit to do in my life this morning? I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us again. He would transform us. He would affirm us in our sonship. He would guide us, that he would give us gifts or whatever else it is that we need. Communion, we remember that Jesus rose again. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in us. And let us take a moment to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Jesus, we thank you that in every home across this city where people are watching or listening to this, if they're out on a walk or whatever it is, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're with them right there right in this moment, whether they're listening to this live or listening to this later. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are there with them. God, I pray that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that they would be filled with your power, that their life would be marked by unshakable power. And God, just even in this moment, as they're asking for what it is that they need, if they're asking for the ability to be transformed or the ability to minister in their home or whatever it is, Lord God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be filling them with the ability and the strength to be able to do that, Lord God. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to invite you to take communion in your home now.